Hey Worm, welcome. If someone asks you today, what is your Bible verse that is a summary of your life and vocation, what would you answer? Type in the chat. At a conference about seven years ago, I was asked this question. The answer popped in really, really quickly. And the verse was, love your Lord with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second one is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Matthew 22, 38, 39. This is from New King James Version. And I was like, most people, when they hear this verse, they think about how to serve God and how to serve others. But many times they miss the last piece and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, that has been the biggest piece of this verse that I've encountered in my work helping people for three decades plus to really change behaviors, change their relationships, become better and kinder human beings. Now in religion, self-love is not good. It's seen as too much and can lead to self-preoccupation, to pride, indulgence. I totally get that. But sometimes People who love Christ just move this pendulum to an extreme. And everything else that has to do with compassion to ourselves is seen and labeled as bad. And I'm here to say that that is not helpful. And the pendulum on the other side is, yeah, just self-indulgence and whatnot. In psychology is an extreme. This is narcissism. We don't want that. But we want a balanced view. We want a third way. That's why I love the Trinity. Because Trinitarian God, by definition, brings this idea that we're holding a mystery. Between two extremes, there is a third way. What is this verse mean? And how can we see it from science, psychology, from Christian faith in such a way that it could edify us? Because without that, we have inner wars. And inner wars are going to be mirror outwardly in outer wars. Many times people think, oh, if I can just control my impulses and strive and do all that, I'm going to be really peaceful, but I'm going to try really hard to be peaceful. And then there's going to be peace outside. If there is in a war, it's just not working. It might work for a little bit, for a few days, a few months, for a few years, but eventually it's going to backfire. And that's what I've witnessed in three decades of guiding thousands and thousands of people. So in this episode, I will unpack, I'll give you some stories about this. And I also will unpack how the what's the psychological phenomenon underneath that. It's called projection. And I'll explain how this works. And then afterwards, I'm going to go over several Bible verses to understand projection from a Christian perspective, from what Christ has shared with us throughout in the Bible and throughout centuries, and how can we apply this in 21st centuries. And then at the end, I will share with you the important distinction the psychological methodologies are bringing to us so we don't perpetuate this war inside. And stay until the end because I'll have some announcements about some of my programs that you and resources for you so you can jump right on and help yourself in this journey towards growing in Christ, psychologically and spiritually. And with that, if you know me already and you're a regular, welcome back, dear one. And if you don't know me, I'm Dr. Iwana Popa from Team for the Soul. And in this 
platform, I'm really reaching out to Christian women. I'm so passionate about Christian women to help and grow, to continue to pursue their vocation in such a way to give to others with love, compassion, that peace that surpasses all our understanding and with patience that it's coming from inside out so that you can continue to bring the light of God into the world and continue to impact others. So together as murmuring women, we can proclaim Christ in ways that are with words and without words through our word, through our actions, through our life, through our, everything that we do. And with that, let's dive in. I don't know about you, but growing up, I've seen the adults around me parents and grandparents, uncles and aunts, God bless them. I love them dearly. But the adults around us, as I was a child, had this very peculiar way of being. They were saying, you should not do this. You should do that instead, blah, blah, blah. And to only notice them later doing the exact thing they were telling me not to do. Now that as a Middle schooler and high schooler was very, very puzzling. I'm like, what is going on? To only notice as I was an adult doing that myself, right? Being really self-righteous. This needs to happen. That needs to happen. To only then catch myself doing it. And my biggest situation that was kind of like in my face when I was teaching middle schooler and high schoolers. Now, at that age, there is a keen ability to catch any dissonance, any discrepancies that would smell adults from far away with any of these inconsistencies. So I learned really fast that I have to be really authentic and really work on myself because there was no way around it with a bunch of high schoolers in a classroom. They would catch you. They would caught me. And it was fun. It was humbling, mind you. But this is all such a common behavior. We all do that. And what's interesting, we notice that in others, less in ourselves. For ourselves, we kind of give excuses. Well, but I do this because of this situation, of that situation. And I had in another episode, I was talking about the fundamental attribution error. For others, we see this as they're doing something wrong. And, for, and, and it's part of their personality or whatever. We're so prone to quickly criticize them. For ourselves, we give excuses because we can see from inside out. Well, I did this because of this situation. So it's more of a situational attribution. Anyway, all that, I'll put the link for that episode in down below. But all this to say is that it's so much easier to observe this in others. No wonder Christ said, take first the plank out from your eye, right? Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eyes and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? As a psychiatrist in training, that became so apparent as well. It was like, oh my goodness, I'm seeing all this in other people, but I'm doing it myself, right? And Christ said, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye and all the time, there's a plank in your eye. First, take the plank out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eyes. This is in Matthew 7, 
verse 3 to 5 from NIV Bible. This is why I have so much appreciation and respect for people who are doing their own inner work. Because it's so easy to think we're growing. And we have this model of the world, how the world should function. And we see it in others, but we don't take the steps to actually do the hard work ourselves. And this way is so important. Many times therapists, coaches, doc, psychiatrists are encouraged. Some programs actually require to do inner work. I've seen now even in seminaries, the seminarians are encouraged to do their own counseling. This is so crucial because if we don't, we get into projecting our own unwanted desires and impulses and wishes and whatever. And we don't see it in ourselves. We're trying to cut them off. We're trying to repress when in actuality, what we're going to do, we're going to see it in everyone else. Let me explain to you point number one, how projection works. It started really with the, some of the explanations that Freud had more than a century ago. He talked about defense mechanisms and they make sense from many psychological perspectives. We know that in general, we are driven by impulses to grow, but also by fear. And whenever we deal with fear, we're trying to protect ourselves. It's just natural reaction. Now, this is kind of our lower human condition, the lower emotions and lower side of our brains when we get into fear brain. And these reactions are many times subconscious. We're not aware. And one of them is called projection, where the things that we don't like inside, we might be disgusted with ourselves, or we might be ashamed of ourselves or some parts of ourselves like impulses and emotions and reactions. And we kind of, when we are aware of that, and sometimes this happens on a conscious level, sometimes it's really quick, subconscious. We trying to ward off like, oh my goodness, I don't want to be that. Because sometimes we might get hurt by people that do exactly the same thing. We see it in others. We get critical or disgusted by that. So we're promising inside never again. I will never do that again. And the fastest way we do it, that it's perpetuated for centuries and centuries, including in religious circles, is to repress. And when we repress, we keep it out of our consciousness. So whew, we feel better. Okay, I'm not doing that. And we try hard. But what happens is like keeping a beach ball underwater. Or another example is being in a car and one foot is on the gas right? Those impulses are still there. They're not gone. It's still pushing on the gas. And then with the other foot, we're trying to put the foot on the brake. And all that takes a lot of mental energy. Now that doesn't happen necessarily on a conscious level. Very rarely we're conscious about that. We actually feel a relief at the beginning, but that pressure is in the back of our minds and takes a lot of mental energy. And then what's going to happen, we get out of the blue, we get different thoughts, unwanted thoughts, or different unwanted images, or different unwanted impulses, or emotions, and we're like, just in turmoil inside, trying to get rid of them, and when we finally calm down, then we're like, okay, I've got it, 
But what's going to happen then these decisions that we made that were not this or that, that were so critical to ourselves, we project onto others. And when we see others doing it, we're like, they're really not doing their own work. We, we get really judgy. We get really critical. So we literally just flip in a mirror. Now we're projecting and whatever we don't like inside, we're projecting and we don't we'll see it in others. Now, others might actually do that, okay? Or they might not. But remember, with projection, we constantly stay in this state where we see it outwardly because inward, it's not pleasant. We see it outwardly. And many times, especially for Christian women, what's going to happen is then we notice we are critical and judgy. And we don't like that either. So now we're putting even more of a pile of shame on ourselves. Like, oh my goodness, how can I do that? We start even more doubting ourselves, being self-critical, shame ourselves even more. And we just get into the cycle and cycle and war inside. Now, in general projections, there are two types of personalities. And I'm generalizing here. But some of us take it all in. So we notice that and we cave even more in, we doubt ourselves, we become even more critical. And that I've seen mostly in many Christian women, and we also conditioned that way as we grow up to kind of take it all in. Now, some people are more on the other extreme on externalizing. So they don't even see it inside at all. They don't have all this worries about self-criticism. They do it so directly and just see it outwardly. All right. There's so some people that are more internalizing and there's some people who are more externalizing it. And depending on the type of personality, depending on how your brain is wired, you might have one tendency or the other. I'm not saying that one is better than the other. I am saying that this is a natural phenomenon that happens. It's just going to look a bit different for the ones who are internalizing versus the one that are externalizing. But it's the same mechanism. Of course, when we see the ones who are externalizing and do that all the time, that's kind of upsetting. Like, hey, they don't have any insight, <laughs> right? We get even more judgy and critical about them, but it's only natural. So, But it's the same phenomenon. Can you see that? Now, if this is not, if you have questions about that, just type in the chat. Let me know. Send me an email. I want to make sure that this concept is really clear and it's just going to look different, internalizing versus externalizing. Now let's go over some of the Bible verses that can help us to really see how Christ saw this phenomena. He was very in tune with how our mind and brain work. I mean, it makes sense, right? He's God and man. Of course, he knows about all this. He had really, really deep insights. They're trying to communicate through us that we get them through the Bible. So one of the Bible verses that is really cool that points to this idea how to deal with projection is this. First, clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will be clean also. This is from Matthew 23, 26, 28 in NIV Bible. So when we do that, when we actually pause and say, wait a minute, if I'm, whatever the things that I'm noticing in my brethren that I don't like, what if, what if it's actually through projection? 
and he's just pointing to the fact that I also have these parts, either as an externalizer or internalize it, right? Could be through very extensive behavior like this or just small ones. It doesn't matter. But what if it's through projection? Can I just pause? And can I look inward? That's why I love so much our quest to continue to grow psychologically and spiritually. Let's look inward. Am I doing that? And not to put more shame on us and get more self-critical. None of that. But just to examine so we can start befriending this reaction inside with compassion. And I'm giving you a clue here to our last phase in what to do. Because when we do have compassion to our parts that are the least, how do I say this? The least desirable compassion. I'm not saying indulgence, but compassion. We will start seeing the world with compassion, right? So when I notice, oh, I have a part that's judging others. Oh, I have a part that's externalizing and projecting. And when I see this in the other, I'm going to have compassion as well. Instead of being, how dare they do that? I'm going to be like, oh, it's just like me. We're like brothers and sisters. And our nature, fallen nature in this world is as such that we do these things. So I'm going to have more patience and more compassion to my brother and sister. Does that make sense? Clean first the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will be also clean. This is from Matthew 23, verse 26, 28. All right, so now here's another verse for you. And I've never seen this in the internal world. I've heard this also about the external world mostly until our priest in the church St. Mary's in Cambridge, he said this, this was many, many years ago, it just blew my mind. Because this verse is usually about helping our brethren that is in prison, helping our brethren who is hungry, helping our brethren who is thirsty and give them in an external world. Absolutely, we want to do that. But he flipped it also in our inner world, talking with this parts that are least desirable for us. And he said, truly, I tell you, whatever you did, for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. This is in Matthew 25, 40. So in other words, when we learn to befriend and really sit with compassion, again, not indulgence and just allow all our impulses and unwanted emotions to express externally. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about noticing her and witnessing ourselves with some compassion because it's based on our conditionings and all our past losses and hurts, that if we can have compassion for the parts that are the least of our brethren, in other words, in our inner reactions, are like the least liked parts of ourselves, then we do it unto Christ. We do it and we'll have more compassion towards the others. In internal family systems, these parts that are unwanted are called exiles. And if you're familiar with internal family systems, they also talk about managers and firefighters. The managers are the parts that are very self-righteous. You do this, you do that, you should, always, must, have. And the firefighters are the ones that are just going to jump in to soothe themselves in all sorts of ways. Sometimes they're not that helpful. 
And when we have compassion for whatever unwanted reactions we might have, we learn to have compassion to all human beings. All right. And here's a third verse that I want to leave you with, which I mentioned before. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eyes and pay no attention to the plank in your eye? This is projection. Christ was right there. He knew about what we're doing. We have the plank in our eye. We do the same thing to others. And then when we see it in other people, we're like, we're very critical of them. But we do it ourselves. So the invitation for Christ is first take the plank out of your own eye. And then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eyes. So in other words, we need to do inner work. We need to do reflection. We need to start journaling. We need to start befriending our emotions, our thoughts, our reaction in a way that can help us see in mirror that what we perceive in the outer world, it's many times happening in our inner world. So the take-home message is that that in order to not perpetuate projections, We don't want to perpetuate wars inside because the war inside is going to project as a war outside. And we know now with the advent of psychology and science that those phenomena do happen. So I want you to start thinking of if we're going to let go of some things that are unwanted inside, let's get, get rid of conditionings old beliefs that are not helping us, old mindsets that are not helping us, behaviors that are not helping us, changing our habits and our rituals and looking inward to ourselves with a bit more compassion so we can start to really love our neighbor as ourselves. So as we become more compassionate to ourselves, Again, not in an indulging way, but in a way that we can see ourselves really, really a speck in the universe. If we just pause and think, like here's this humongous universe with with galaxies upon galaxies, and we have this one galaxy, and then here we have our Earth, and we are this speck. But in the same time, we are created in the image and likeness of God, and we have God to support us. If God is with us, no one can be against us. And God can help us cleanse the inner cup. Christ can help us to shift our mindsets, shift our unwanted and unhelpful beliefs, help really modulate our emotions and stabilize our inner forces in such a way that we can end our inner war. And then we can really see the other with love and compassion as ourselves. And we can continue to love God with all our mind, with all our heart, and all our body. Because the inner world, it's like in a mirror of the outer world. And the more aware we become in a slow way, the more compassionate and kind we'll become to others. And I'm not a proponent of big changes in life because I'll tell you why. Sometimes that's needed, right? Sometimes our doctor is saying, okay, you've got to do some drastic changes. Okay, I get that. But if you're really busy and you're really functioning and you're functioning well and you want to continue to improve yourself, 
then taking small changes and small steps, so small that you cannot fail, are more helpful because you have back of a you have less of a backlash, you have less of a reaction from yourself and from others, and allows you to continue to grow in Christ and keep your rhythm, keep your commitments, and continue to serve Christ by serving others. And that allows us to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. That's the first and great commandment. And the second is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And with that, I want to encourage you to continue to take small steps to clean your inside cup. And if you're interested in working with me, I do have a program for six months or or a year, depending on the person, where I exclusively can support you and guide you. We work on stabilizing emotions, release unnecessary old conditionings and beliefs, and increase your self-esteem, and really discover the areas and the levers of change so you can be empowered in Christ, truly empowered, and in the same time, in a humble way. And you can reach out to me either by going to tforthesoul.com, this is my website, or get also on an inquiry call. And if you can set up a call, I can tell you all about this program. And some of you already have things in place to help you to continue to grow. I'll encourage you to continue with that. Now, coming up, if you're interested in just small courses here and there, make sure you sign up to be on my email list because at the beginning of November, I will send a my newsletter with exclusive 50% off on one of my courses. This course I'm, I'm releasing in November, it's an environmental design course to sustain your rituals, to support your daily habits. So as you clean your inner cup, you also find ways to set up your environment to support your subconscious because we are so influenced by what's surrounding us. So there's ways to set up our environment in such a way that whatever you set up your mind to do or whatever change or habit you want to change, it can support you with ease. And inside of the course, I teach you the most important steps. I have eight steps all along with one of the most important one is how to really work on an identity level. So although we talk about setting up your environment, we also work on the inner cup shifting your identity level. So I will teach you the steps in there. So get on my email list because right now only people who are receiving my emails are going to get this particular huge discount, 50% discount. And one way to do that is either you go on the teamforthesoul.com on my website and sign up for the newsletter, or you can grab one of the free courses that I have right now, Seeds of Renewal, which right now is for free. It's usually $97. You also get a bit of my teaching style. You know, you're wondering, I don't know if I like uh, her, how she's teaching and whatnot. So you get a bit of a glimpses of that. And if you already know me, you like my teaching styles and you want to get all my courses at an affordable price, I do have a membership. It's very inexpensive and price is going to go up soon. I don't know when 
yet, but you get a course every month. And we start with the renewal in action, stabilizing those inner forces, body, mind, heart, and soul, and how to regenerate. But it moves on with a mini course month after month. It takes about four to six hours a month. So don't wait too long. Grab that course so you'll get the price locked in. And with that, I'm going to end with the prayer. Dear God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for all the Christian women that are just so passionate about you and they want to grow. May you protect your family. May you protect their friends and church community and their work, their vocation. And may you help us to continue to grow psychologically and spiritually so we can bring you glory and we can help others in your name. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. I wish you all the best. And until next time, I say goodbye for now. Mm-hmm.